This is Iparian X, and this is The Candid Frame. This episode of The Candid Frame is brought to you by Squarespace, the beautiful and intuitive website publishing platform that allows anyone to easily create web pages, blogs, online stores, and galleries, all on a single platform. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code CANDIDFRAME6. Hi, this is Ivarian X, and welcome to another episode of The Candid Frame. Now, the show is called The Candid Frame, a photography podcast, and yeah, we spend a lot of time talking to photographers, but this show isn't exclusively about photography. For me, the, the show is really about making choices, about making the most out of life. In life, there are people that allow life to sort of come to them and, and things sort of just happen. And there are a lot of people who make the choice to do something, to make something happen. And I think that the great majority of the people that I've interviewed on the, on the show are, are the latter. They're the people who make a choice to do something. And more often than not, it doesn't always turn out as planned, but that's part of the great thing about it. There's some unexpected and some wonderful things that can happen just as a result of just making the choice to not only follow your passion, but just to do something different and just to see what the result is. And today's guests, John Ellis and Laura Preston, are an example of that. Uh, they are the dream democratic travelers. John Ellis is a photographer who was working for a Jay Mizell for a number of years. And he and Laura took on this journey to travel around the country in uh, a truck pulling an airstream. And it's an adventure that a countless number of people have always imagined themselves doing, but this couple is actively, act actually doing it. And the great thing about it is that they're not only blogging about it and sharing it on, on social networks, they're actually asking people to give them suggestions of places to visit and travel to. So there's this sort of active dialogue that's happen, happening between them and the people that are following them. And while they were in Southern California, I had a chance to uh, actually interview them uh, while we had some dim sum in uh, a restaurant in the San Gabriel Valley. And it was a, a lot of fun. It was a hot day. Uh, the restaurant was way too noisy to do an interview, so we had a first, as, as you'll you'll hear. Uh, may not be the most ideal uh, studio to interview in, but I'm sure that you'll find that the conversation uh, is an inspiring and entertaining one. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with John Ellis and Laura Preston, the Democratic Travelers. All right, so this is a this is a first, doing an interview in a in a pickup truck. Yeah, <laughs> but works. it's a pleasure to meet you guys. It's uh, um, when I found out about it, I, I really wanted to have a chance to talk to you guys because I thought you guys are off on a wonderful adventure, traveling across the country in a in a beautiful airstream. Yeah, thank tell you. you. Yeah. But um, uh, for people who are not familiar with exactly what you guys are doing. And why? Why don't you, you know? Why don't you, one of you uh, start off and, and and tell us what this adventure is all about? 
Okay. Um, it's so it's it's a year long road trip around the country, but instead of us just kind of aimlessly wandering around the country, we built a website where people can suggest places and for us to go and things for us to see on our trip, and then everybody else can go on the website and vote on those suggestions, and we go to the places with the most votes and document it and blog about it. And well, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who've traveled across the country, they've walked across the country, they've driven across the country, they've bicycled across the country, but I haven't met anyone who leaves their itinerary up to virtual strangers. <laughs> so why why do it that way as opposed to you know, doing it in terms of uh, you choosing where you're going and sort of engaging with people over the, internet and, over the internet and letting people know where you want to go or where you're going. Why, why do it this way? Well, you know, we when we were planning it, we were kind of, we couldn't really decide, you know, how we wanted to start it and, you know, where, like all the places that we wanted to go. And we kept getting all these suggestions from our friends and family and strangers that we would tell about the trip. Yeah, everybody would, would say to us, oh, well, if you're, if you're going to go out to Arizona, you have to go do this thing. Or if you're going to California, you have to go check out this dumpling house. Or, you know, you know everyone's got a, you know, a tip everyone for us. A, yeah. So, you know, since I knew how to make websites, I knew I could put something together to kind of aggregate all of these tips you know. Yeah, and we figured, you know, there's there's so many places that you would never read about in a guidebook or on the internet, and we kind of wanted to see the some of the lesser known places in the country that people really like and you know that are worth visiting. So. Well, 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 why take such an extended trip? Because you guys are planning to be on the road for at least a year. And, you know, some people go, oh, I'll do this for a summer, I'll do this for a couple of months. But you guys are in for the long haul, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. So why why was it important for you guys to say, okay, we're going to do this and we want to do this this way for this, this, this period of time? What were you hoping to get out of it? Well, that was all you wanting to go for a year. I was yeah. like, maybe we should go for six months. That seems a little more realistic. And you were set on... Yeah, a year. <laughs> it, it just seems like it's a big country, you know. It is uh, a big country. I, you know, I spent most of my time traveling up and down the East Coast, which is great. But, you know, twenty-five years old, I still hadn't seen California, and there's a lot of stuff between New York and California. So, you know, and well, even at the pace we're going now, we feel like a year is still not enough. I mean, we're trying to make a lot of stops, and move we, pretty, we can't move hit them all. Yeah, but you can also work from the road, which was another reason that we could do it for so long. You know, because working on the internet, all you really need is your computer and yeah. some Wi-Fi. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. The the age in which you live in is is makes yeah. makes this trip that a lot of people have made over decades so much more feasible in terms of economically because before you'd have to. Save your money, and then yep. do you, and when you ran out, you ran out because yeah. you, you likely weren't going to be working while you were on the road. Yeah, or you'd have to stop somewhere and take on a job for a couple months until you could keep moving. You know, my brother told me a story about some of his high school buddies that wanted to take a, a trip up to Alaska, and they made it up there, but they ran out of money and ended up having to 
you know, work on a fishing boat for three months before they could make it back home to Florida. (laughs) So, I mean, that was, that would be in the, I guess probably mid eighties or something, but yeah, I mean, and we've found a lot of other traveling people are in the same line of work as I am, you know, building websites or doing something internet related where they can, as long as they have a decent cell signal, they can work on the road. So, but you st- you studied photography. Where did you study photography, and what were you, what were you interested? What type of photography were you interested in? Um, I went to Portfolio Center in Atlanta. Uh, shout out to Jerry Burns. I when I got out of there, I had decided I wanted to do um, editorial portraiture. I, I had originally gone to Portfolio Center to study graphic design. After talking to some some of the photography students and and some of the photography teachers. I realized the the idea of you know traveling to work for a magazine and go you know meet some you know person worth photographing or interviewing you know and taking their portrait and and being able to go to a new place to do it sounded a lot more interesting than sitting at a desk doing design work all day no offense to designers but yeah just the idea of traveling was you know made me switch majors from graphic design which I thought my whole life I was going to be a graphic designer mm-hmm. and then suddenly I switched majors and changed course yeah I did a lot of portraiture and did a lot of work for the school we would have these uh, guest speakers come in every week and I was fortunate to be asked to you know shoot shoot the guests and then a copywriting student would interview them so together the school would have you know a portrait and interview to put up on their website and stuff so I got a lot. I got to photograph a lot of interesting people before I even graduated, and you know, a couple other projects led to traveling around the country, photographing and interviewing interesting people. So, started working out. You know. And you, you worked with Jamie Zell for a while. So how how did you get that gig? And tell me about that uh, obviously unique experience. Right around uh, graduation time, I found myself in New York. You know, showing my portfolio to, at one of these portfolio shows wasn't going that well. You know, I met some people, but didn't, you know, it didn't seem to be exciting anyone. I was really enjoying New York, and I was at a bar one night with uh, some friends, and you know, I suddenly exclaimed that I liked New York and I was going to move there. <laughs> and uh, so, as soon as one of my friends heard that, he pulled me aside and said he had heard from a friend who heard from a friend who heard it from somewhere that Jay Maisel was looking for a new studio manager and you know I said well that's my first lead so might as well take it you know the worst that can happen is I don't get the job and I'll keep looking but anyways I I had actually taken a tour of his building a couple months earlier um, and then studio manager Jamie Smith showed us around and so I, I knew him from that tour and I emailed him and asked if the rumors were true and he said yes and put me through a bunch of hoops and <laughs> questions and interviews and a couple months later I've, I uh, I actually drove back up to New York from Atlanta to do the interview and that was on a Friday and I started working the following Tuesday so yeah. my weekend trip to New York turned into full-time residency <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> And how about you? Were you a native of New York, or did you? Were you a transplant? What was your story? Um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, um, and I moved to New York when 
for college. Um, I went to NYU for art history and studio art. I took one photography class and was okay at it, but I was more into painting and drawing and learning about photographs or paintings, art history. Yeah. So in terms of this trip, there are a lot of logistics involved because you're responsible for you know, sort of the itinerary and communicating with people and sort of figuring it out. Well, I, I, I suspect that along with, you know, discovering different parts of the country and meeting interesting people and such, that you, you may have been hoping for opportunities in terms of being creative. You obviously, as a, as a photographer, and even though you're making a living as a, as a web designer, you're hoping that this would be an opportunity for you to be creative yeah. in that way. Uh, this is a question to both of you. Mm -hmm. How have you found that? Is, have you had that those opportunities, or has it been even more difficult than you and sort of anticipated, just because of the logistics of getting from one point to uh, to another? I mean, I've been doing a lot of writing for the blog and things like that, so that's kind of been my job, which has been great because I haven't written anything since college. That's allowed me a lot of freedom of, you know, expression and creativity and talking about the trip and as far as painting, haven't really done that yeah. much. <laughs> but, uh, I've seen her pull out the uh, canvas once, I think, during the trip. Yeah, but that's, that's harder to get into than sitting down to a computer and writing about our travels. And how about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, for me, it's kind of a weird story. And, you know, a couple of years ago, my dad died and and uh, I brought my my Mamiya 645, you know, to the cremation. We didn't have a big ceremony or anything, but, you know, between crying and hugging and stuff, I, I managed to take a few photos at, you know, what was th at that point definitely the most important moment in my life. And, uh, you know, after that, I really had a hard time feeling like the camera was worth picking up after that. You know, mm. I, I couldn't, nothing was ever going to be near as important as what I had just shot, you know. So I, I kind of put the camera down for a couple months and it, it's taken a couple years to kind of pick it back up and, and get back into it. But, you know, especially working for Jay where, you know, his, his whole mantra is to always carry the camera you know as as you know i started healing from from that you know i found myself in situations where i was cursing myself for not having the camera because i just saw something interesting and you know things became worth shooting again and so you know part of that is you know this trip was like okay you know i need to start doing something you know i need to expose myself to more you know and and start seeing things and appreciating things more and you know no better way to do that than to start crisscrossing the country, you know, to, to expose myself to new things and, and get that sensation of wanting to shoot it again. Yeah. So it's interesting that you guys make, make this choice, especially at, at the age where you are, because in your mid twenties, there's often this pressure. It's like, okay, we got to get, we got to get this thing going. We got to get this ball rolling. You know, we got to get some momentum because we're going to be 30 soon enough. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and, uh, so, Considering that you have friends that are out there and not living out of a trailer, they have traditional work, they're following their careers. 
what, what kind of perspective is this bringing to you in terms of what you want to be able to get from your lives? I guess, you know, I was, I've never really felt satisfied at the prospect of having to start this lifelong career and, you know, to have a, a nine to five job that's not really that fulfilling. And, you know, I, I wasn't really finding what I wanted, you know, something that I love doing in New York. And he came up to me with this idea to drive around the country. And I figured, well, I mean, I maybe I'll find what I'm looking for by driving across the country for a year. Yeah, I think you said the magic word in your question. Was, you know, for me, it's it's just about perspective, you know. Being able to to see things firsthand, you know, gives me a, a different perspective than the person working behind the desk or, you know, getting ready to get married and have children and mm-hmm. work their way up a corporate ladder or whatever. Um, you know, and that's that's just what's interesting to me is is having probably the broadest perspective possible and whatever I can do to broaden my own perspective, you know, is is kind of my goal in life. So Yeah. It seems like this, this is a culture that is designed to rob you of choices. You know, that once even even when you're in like high school. Yep. You know, yeah. it's about okay, you only got one path that you can yeah. follow. And it better be college. <laughs> and it better yeah. be college. Yeah. And then once you're in college, okay, it better be it better be the career or the master's yeah. degree. And it just seems like it gets narrower and narrower. Okay, now you got family and kids. Now you got to spend the yep. next 18 years raising those and getting them on track on the same yeah. same trail. So it's, it's, you know, you guys, uh, for me, I, I, I'm excited about what you're doing. Not just because of the adventure, but just because you guys are insisting that your lives still, still, your lives still involve choices. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's something that is so easily lost. Yeah. Yeah. One thing we hear from, I mean, we meet a lot of retirees who are RVing around the country and stuff. And pretty much every single one of them has applauded us for doing it while we're young, quote unquote, you know, yeah. everyone keeps telling us definitely do it while you're young, you know, but we've also met a lot of people who say like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so jealous of, the fact that you're doing this and you know like I wish that I could do that too yeah and it's you know but you can do it you know it's yeah I mean it's not always the right time in your life but yeah if you looked at our situation on paper it it wouldn't have made any sense for us to start this trip you know we didn't have a, a very much savings at all you know, I had a I had a good job. You know, with mm-hmm. a great guy in New York, and we just kind of we were winging it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, we just made the choice. We wanted to do it, and we figured out a way to do it. You know, I worked extra hard to, you know, get a couple freelance jobs so I could buy a truck, and you know, just, just have to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. You, it, the decision is the hardest part, and most people, I think, are afraid of the yeah of taking the plunge. Yeah, I think we we talked to one couple that you know, kind of, they, they nailed it. They knew, they said they didn't have the balls to make the decision. They, it's not that they didn't have the balls to do it. They just knew they wouldn't be capable of making that decision. Mm. And so, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is just to decide to do it. Did you find that once you made the choice and you took that first step that suddenly things started falling into place? Oh yeah. 
it's been crazy how lucky we've gotten as far as timing goes yeah. since we've started this you know we before we left we were like you know we're you know we kind of thought maybe like let's wait a little bit longer so we can save some more money but we were like yeah. no we have to do it now or else it's we're just going to keep putting it off well yeah it was interesting but, when, when we first decided we were going to do it uh we talked a little bit about it and then eventually the talks led to a date you know let's set a date you know where we, we where we crack the champagne bottle and set sail and get going and we'll just make that a, the goal and that was I think like eight months before we actually left yeah so we did you know we're like okay we got eight months to plan this thing it should be plenty of time to kind of get our ducks in a row and figure it all out and for eight months it was all talk and hype and we you know kind of formalized things and told our friends and family and we ended up you know planning things and finer and finer detail but like for eight months it was a lot of talk and then suddenly it was happening we, yeah then then it came time to pack up the minivan and move down to florida to pick up the airstream and you know things things it, it was like slowly just talking 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 and then suddenly the ball really started rolling and it was action 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 and, yeah. and know, things really did fall into place i mean we got really lucky with the truck that we bought and yeah. the dog that we ended up getting and we've like we've run out of money multiple times and then gotten you know yeah, suddenly and jobs appear job, and, yeah. like, and it's i mean it's amazing how well things work out and, yeah you know how much people have helped us also you know friends and family and yeah things like that have you had that moment where you, you look at it and go holy crap what are we doing i mean not in a bad way but just like, oh, yeah. like oh my god we really are doing this have yep. you had those moments have you had it yeah almost times? every almost every day really yeah i mean especially when we're you know we've been on the road for five hours when we finally get into a new town or you know part of the countryside or whatever and you know we get to we set up camp and then we have a chance to sit down and have a drink and watch a sunset over a mountain or something you know it's like, like oh this is our lives yeah this is <laughs> this is great. tuesday again okay <laughs> you know and, and it's i mean it's nice because even when you know things aren't going well one of us is one or both of us are cranky or low on money or you know a client's being a pain in the ass or whatever you know we, we always can step back and say no matter what like suddenly we're here in a place we've never been before doing exactly what we hope to do on this trip and you know right now life is great yeah. you know yeah. the the worries tend to disappear when you put it in the context of what we're doing yeah you know how long have you guys been a couple we've been together for um, a year and a half yeah a year and a half or so okay yeah. It'll be two years in November. Because you guys are living the equivalent of living in a single apartment. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and around each other all yeah. the time. Yeah, and, yeah. It's not like we have jobs to go to. Yeah. So yeah. that, you guys, even though you guys have been dating each other for a year and a half, you've not lived in this sort of concentrated uh, way. Well, it's our first so, time living together. Yeah, period, we didn't live so. together in New York. So, but, yeah. but you've magnified this, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, by a factor of ten. Yeah. So, you know, how does that? Not, not to get too personal, you no, know, but that's, but it's all right. I, it's 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 an aspect of living on the road with someone yeah. else that is really important part of it. So, how have you guys found that you negotiate that so that you guys don't get on each other's nerves too much or too <laughs> often? And and 
are supportive of each other because it's it's physically exhausting to be traveling as much as you guys are. Yeah, well, it's funny when when I first met her mother, she came to visit New York, and we went out and had a couple of drinks, and we were having a great time. And then suddenly, she said, you know, she asked me point blank, "What happens when you two get in a fight?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I knew she was putting me on the spot, so. Uh, you know, I jokingly said, you know, one of us will go take the dog for a walk, <laughs> clear our heads. <laughs> yeah. And she wasn't buying it. So, but what I told her was, you know, we're, we're both really mellow and, and not really into any kind of drama. And, and we tend to talk about issues as they come up. And... Yeah. Yeah. We just try and just clear, the, clear the table, you know, right away so that things don't build up and fester. And yeah. You know? But it hasn't really been a problem. I mean, we, I mean, like any couple, you get into little tips here and there, but. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's been, for spending all day, every day with each other, we get along pretty really well. well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And now I'd like to take the time to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Now, I know there are a few of you out there that have been thinking, you know, I should make a website, but you never get around to it. You're either listening to this in your car, you're at your office, you're, you're at the gym, and you keep thinking, you know, I have to get around to making that website. I need to have a presence online to share my images. But you always procrastinate and endlessly put it off. Well, you don't need to do that anymore because I challenge you today to go out and use Lightroom, Photoshop, Aperture, whatever application you use, and just choose about 30 of your favorite images and upload them to Squarespace and create a website using one of their great templates and just take a look at what, what it looks like to have your images showcased on a website. And while you're there, you're going to discover how easy it is to construct a website literally in minutes. That's because Squarespace has these templates. They're 100% drag and drop and you have all these customization tools and you're really able to personalize that site even though they're based on, on a template. They have this new page builder tool called the Layout Engine that enables you to customize pages in seconds by adding blocks of content such as photos, videos, text, social media content and you get that preview of that layout immediately on the screen. It, it's, it's so cool and it's so much fun. But go out and, and find out for yourself. Take advantage of this free trial that Squarespace is offering you. It's a free account. No credit card is needed. Just try it out and start building your website today. Then if you decide to purchase it, use the offer code CANDIDFRAME6 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, including monthly and annual plans. That's squarespace.com and use the offer code CANDIDFRAME6. Everything you need to create an exceptional website. So where do you guys find your space? Because I lived in a very small apartment with my wife, and, you know, we did not have... There was... The bathroom was the <laughs> resort, you know, the only place where you could get any any privacy. So mm -hmm. when do you guys find that time just when you need to just sort of decompress and be away from the other person? Do you kind of wait till... I'm going to guess for her, it's the grocery store, and for me, it's a hardware store or the auto parts <laughs> store. As cliche as yeah. that sounds... <laughs> You know, there's only been one time where I really feel, felt like I needed to go have my own space, and I just drove to a hardware store and walked around. 
you know i mean part of that is you know with the truck and the trailer there's usually something i need to pick up and fix you know so yeah yeah go ahead i'm sorry no i mean that's that's really it it's just we don't really need time away from each other we get along just fine yeah. So tell me about your third compatriot in this adventure who isn't, isn't available for this interview. <laughs> His name's Bullet. He's a he's a golden retriever mix of sorts. Um, we got him at a at an animal shelter when we were staying in Dallas for a couple of weeks with my family. And we'd been looking for dogs for to we wanted to get a dog for like the whole three weeks we were in Dallas and we kept looking and looking we went to the SPCA like three times in one week and on the third time he was the very last dog that we saw and we saw him and we were like you know how it is when you you see (laughs) the dog (laughs) Um, but he's great I mean he's the most mellow relaxed dog he is in high maintenance and He's just been yeah. really awesome. Right after we signed the papers, we took him out to the truck and opened the back door. He hopped right in and laid down. He's, like, he's right at home. Yeah. You know, he loves the truck, I think, probably even more than the trailer. Because um, usually when he gets in the truck, he gets out in a different place that he can sniff around and run around and play in. So Yeah, he seems to like it. Yeah. It, it must be an interesting dynamic to have that third presence. It's been it's been really great. I mean, yeah. I, now I can't even think about what it was like before we had him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's been you know it's nice to have a. Dog. I've always been a dog person, so you know I've wanted a dog for a long time, and uh, it's nice to finally get one. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> not have to wait to get a yard because you yeah. guys are going to be having a long wait before that happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's nice because our you know our house stays the same, but our yard changes all the time. So, so tell me about some of the places that you've that you've been to, not, not just so much in terms of like uh, 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 Rob and saying I hit hit, hit this place and then hit, hit this place, but tell me about some of the places that you've hit that you felt like were really made the trip so far really worth it. Oh, there's just been so many places. Yeah, it's um, tough. we were in New Mexico, in northern New Mexico. Um, and we stayed just a couple hours north of Santa Fe at this, at the most beautiful campsite we've stayed at yet, uh, Abiquiu Lake. Oh, yeah. It was this, like, these colorful rocky mountains that, like, yeah. lead into this bright blue lake. It was like a campsite on a hill, so you're, and you're looking down into this lake, and it's surrounded by mountains, and, you know, it's facing west so that you know the sun is setting over the lake and yeah, trees everywhere it was just it was really nice and um, the next day we went to ghost ranch where um georgia o'keefe lived oh, for a while okay, yeah. um and that was just really beautiful we like went on this hike up to this cliff by this chimney rock chimney shaped rock you could like see over yeah just miles just, and miles it was for me, epic. for me, one of the like probably most profound moments was uh, uh, in Telluride, Colorado, like a little ski town. But they have, I think, it's one of the tallest waterfalls in Colorado. Colorado yeah. um, and it, you know, it's like a couple mile hike up to the base of the waterfall, 
but we we got up there and just you're literally standing you know getting sprayed with the the splashback from the waterfall and looking up at it and uh, for me it was the first time I'd seen anything like that and it was just it was amazing yeah it was unbelievable and but the worst thing was that it was at a time right after I had lost my camera (laughs) (laughs) and your your phone and my phone died died during the hike uh, because I was taking too many photos on my phone I ran out of battery so I'd you know but it was also kind of nice to just sit back and enjoy it with my eyeballs and leave the leave the cameras to rest so Yeah. yeah but that was that was probably one of the most profound moments for me you know just seeing nature like that so tell me about the, this this sort of dialogue that you're having with people who visit the blog and leave posts on the blogs and you guys are active in Instagram and Twitter and this whole social network thing and it's there's a lot of talk about the relationships and the communities that build around that but basically you guys are like in this huge fishbowl on wheels where you got <laughs> people from all over the world looking in on you that must feel kind of surreal at, at times but also a little fun how not, tell me about opening your lives up in this in in this way. Not only where you're communicating with people, but you're also encouraging them to help you in your in your journey. Well, I mean, we, you know, it's not like we're on a reality TV show. We get to choose what we share with people. But um, you know, it's been really nice to get feedback from people, and you know, have them be like, "Oh, that that place is really amazing." We're like, "We know it was so cool." Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I, it's, the whole thing is kind of this collaboration between the people who follow us and, you know, we have to kind of give back to them what they've given to us Mm -hmm. as far as suggestions go. You know, we want to share as much as we can. Yeah. A lot of people told us before, you know, before we left that they'd be, you know, kind of enjoying our trip vicariously you know because like they said for whatever reason they can't do it themselves so they're gonna they're gonna keep up with us you know and read every blog post we put up and you know check every instagram photo and you know and it's it's nice because it's nice to be able to deliver on these things you know people said we have to go to this dumpling house and it's i think people appreciate us showing a photo that we proving that we'd like really took their suggestion to heart yeah, yeah. you know and we started a, a thing where you know for whatever places we can we'll get a postcard and send it to the person who suggested you know wherever we got the postcard you know go to the Grand Canyon get a postcard and send it to uh, Olivia who suggested the Grand Canyon you know it's like yeah. so just to say thank you and, yeah I mean you know. it's yeah I don't know it's it's nice to have encouragement to you know people seem to be really into it and yeah and it's you know we've had people say like oh you know your your trip has like really inspired me to travel myself which is which you know is kind of what I hope people will take away from it you know like you can travel and you can you know you don't have to drive around the country for a year but you can drive two hours to this really great place and you know experience something other than like your everyday regular life yeah like i said like people having a hard time making the decision to do it you know i think if people read our 
story or you know at least a small part of it and it helps them you know push over the edge and make that decision to travel you know i think that's better i think the more people travel the more perspective everyone will have and you know hopefully might be a the little... world will be a better place yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the question you ask most often when you tell people why you're doing this i suspect i know but is there a certain question you get asked over and over again when people find out what you're doing um yeah but i can't think of it i know there's what do you think it is? I would, I would think the question is why you're doing this. But you don't think No, it's, that's not it. I mean, okay. people do ask that a lot, but there's there's a less interesting question. Oh, like what's your – people? a lot of people ask what's the favorite – like what's your favorite place that you've been and what are you most looking forward to? Yeah. I think oh, okay. what, what are you most looking forward to has been the number one question from the yeah. whole – like before we left and – which like I – I mean I'm looking forward to – seeing the country <laughs> yeah yeah the whole thing you know it's uh but i heard a saying it's success is not an event but a process you know yeah it's like there's no destination it's the whole trip is yeah. like all part of it you know and i think you're yeah i think you're the reason i thought the question was why is because i think it's really related to that idea yeah. There has yeah. to be some sort of end result. Well, why, do you, why are you doing this? Yeah. Because just simply doing it for the experience is something that most people don't don't get. If you pick up a camera, it's because you want to become a photographer or you want to right. whatever. There's always some sort of end result. And doing right. it just for the sake of doing it is something that seems like so foreign to people. Yeah. yeah and I think, you know, it's another thing I learned from Jay is, you know, go out there and be open. You know, it's like. That's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we set a goal for, you know, to, to do this for 365 days, but, you know, it's it's a loose goal. We, yeah, the longer we've been good... going, the more we kind of realize, like, oh, it doesn't have to be a year. We can keep yeah. going if, you know, if it's sustainable. Yeah. And, and at the same time, to. we totally could end it after a year, you know. Yeah. We could or we couldn't, it doesn't matter. We, you know, there's nobody telling us you know what to do except for i mean all the suggestions on the map but <laughs> <laughs> what's what's been one of the biggest surprises something that you really couldn't have anticipated when you first started oh, that's a good question yeah how <laughs> i would never have anticipated how difficult it is to maneuver such a long car plus trailer like we can't go to a lot of places especially in california i've realized that we like can't fit in a lot of state parks and you can't park a lot of places and you know we kind of just thought like oh yeah we'll just be able to go wherever that um, hasn't been so easy <laughs> yeah i don't know um so I was surprised at how expensive campgrounds are in California. Um, Gas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's um, I, maybe maybe the idea of being so open kind of eliminates the element of surprise, you know. Uh, surprise typically is something you don't expect, but you'd have to expect something for it to be different from what you expect, right? So, you know. 
you know, I've just I've been waiting to see everything, and I'm seeing everything. So it's it's hard to say anything's really like been shockingly surprising. Yeah, you've told me about some of the people that you've met in the campgrounds, and I'm real curious mm-hmm. about um, that whole dynamic about living in New York and dealing with people is a very different experience than probably anywhere else in, in the world. And you're going around different parts of the country and you get to see different ways that people interact with each other, communicate with each other, express themselves. So what's that been like for you? Have you been able to sort of pick up on such differences? And, and Or have you found that, you know, you're finding that uh, people are pretty much the same regardless of where you go? Well, it's, I mean different regions of the country have proven to be very different. I mean, (laughs) you know, I mean, you know, people in the South are, are really friendly and polite. Um, people in the West have typically been very open and accepting and friendly, but in a different kind of way. Um, well, most of the people we've met have all been really nice. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think people in New York are rude and, you know, probably I assume people think people in L.A. are superficial and, you know, it's like, but everywhere we've gone, we've met cool, interesting people that all have their own stories and, you know. And I think New York is, because I have the most experience there versus anywhere else we've been on this trip, you know, New York is full of a lot of people. So you have a lot of every kind of person, you know, you have a lot of really smart, interesting, talented people and you have a lot of, you know, a-holes and a lot of idiots and, you know, a lot of people who don't care either way and, you know, so... I think because we're not really in any one place for, you know, that long, we don't get a chance to meet such a sample of people. And usually the people we meet are also travelers. So they're already kind of like-minded, you know, um, you know, it's, it, it can be very communal, but then, then again, some, some of the places we've been to, you know, people just keep to themselves and don't want to be bothered. And, you know, it has been nice being out of New York because I mean everyone seems to be a lot more relaxed outside outside you know I mean people live at a slower pace and you know it's much more just I mean like you were saying earlier there's much less hustle and you know everyone's just kind of living their life yeah one interesting thing to see in different places of the country is, is what people do you know, with their free time, you know, in New York, it's a lot of eating out and drinking and, you know, that kind of stuff. And in Colorado, it's a lot of hiking, biking, kayaking, that kind of stuff. In San Diego, it's a lot of surfing, mm. you know, it's uh, out West is, it seems to be a lot more outdoor activity in general. Um, Which is nice. Yeah. So what's ahead of you? So from here, you're going up up the California coast, and mm-hmm. yep, we're gonna do Pacific Coast Highway, and you know, as far as we can, we've heard it can be a little scary. Yeah, 
Um, um, but then we're going up through Oregon and Washington and then making our way back east toward, you know, through all the northern states. I don't, I mean, there's a lot of states left and I don't know exactly how we're going to make it through all of them. But yeah, our one of our main goals before we left was to try and avoid snow. So we're yeah. doing, you know, we did the south route starting in February from Florida to California and then we're hoping to do the north route back east during the summer get into the northeast uh, in time you know to catch leaves changing in fall and then head back south as winter starts moving in and then we'll probably head back to the desert you know Nevada and Arizona and that kind of stuff when winter kicks back in so but we found out we didn't realize this until you know, probably a couple of days before we actually left for the trip was when we sat down and actually looked at a map of the United States and <laughs> realized there's no clear path through all 48 states. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no straight line that you can really follow. So, so we're already a, a little behind schedule. And yeah. We've had to make adjustments, but. Well, you mentioned before how, you know, sometimes you've run low on funds and and you've gone through the whole cycle. So before anyone thinks you're independently wealthy <laughs> in terms of doing that, why don't you explain what each of you is doing for income and do a shout out if you need to. Uh, a lot of people listen to the show and I'll be able to give you work to help you to uh, uh, sustain this project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I build websites. I design and develop websites. Um, I've been doing it since college to help pay my way through college, at least a little bit. Um, you know, I just my my portfolio is at seriouslyawesome.com. It's the company I company name I work under. Um, that's great because you know the jobs just you know each job that I do seems to lead to another one, which is convenient. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keeps the keeps the income going. Okay, and you? Um, well, I haven't started yet, but I start training uh, next week as a virtual assistant with Zirtual, um, making travel arrangements and scheduling meetings and things like that for people. So we'll see how that goes. You gotta love the internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very a handy. lifesaver. <laughs> I think it's gonna go go big. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last question is, is, is I ask each guest, to recommend a photographer, so that may be more in line with you. But if you have, uh, if you have one, <laughs> recommend you're free to, one you're free photographer. Time. Yes, you I'm... can recommend one photographer, and it can be anyone, someone you've long admired, or someone you've recently discovered. Recommend them for what? Uh, for listeners to check out, so they'll listen to this episode and they'll go, "Oh, he recommended that I go check them out." And when they get on their computer, they can go and look uh, up their work. Um, the obvious thing for me to say would be to recommend Jay Mazel, but he needs no more recommendations. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna. I'm going to recommend uh, my friend uh, Artem Nazarov. Um, You're going to have to spell that for me. Yeah, it's A-R-T-E-M-N-A-Z-A-R-O-V. It's Russian. Um, he's probably the most interesting person I know, and he's incredibly well-traveled and has you know an amazing eye. You know, probably most people have never heard of him, but, you know, He's, he's, he's young, but probably in 10 years, everybody will know his name, I assume, <laughs> if not sooner. Right. So. Do you have one? Uh, I do. Um, my good friend 
from who lives back in New York. His name is Zachary Concepcion. Concepcion. He's gonna be <laughs> mad at me for that terrible pronunciation. Um, but he he he's not a commercial photographer or anything. He does a lot of his own personal work, but um, his photography is really great and and I miss him <laughs> so. Isaac. Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find out about everything you guys are doing? Um, our website, www.thedemocratictravelers.com. Yep. And we have, you know, we have a Facebook page and a Twitter, and we each have an Instagram account, the Democratic Travelers and the Democratic Travelers. Um, yeah, you can get to all of it from yeah, the website. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can see the map there. and They've got it covered, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not at all. Thank you so much, and, and thanks for making a, a stop to, to meet me here. Yeah, thank oh, you so, so much. Yeah. It's our pleasure. Thank you. As we continue to grow the show and expand our offerings here at the Candid Frame, your support is invaluable. And you can show that support in a variety of different ways. You can make small donations using PayPal. A link for that you'll find at the candidframe.com website, where donations of $5, $10, $20, or even more are greatly appreciated and go a long way to helping us improve the show. You can also post reviews on the iTunes web store, which help our rankings and create more awareness about the great program that we offer here. The show's editor is Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. Music is provided by Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. Till next time, this is Ibarian X. Perello, and this is The Candid Frame.